0: What a wonderful name it is. What a wonderful name.
1: Is up for that task in your life And I don't know who you might be I don't know what you're struggling through But God does And as you sense like maybe that nudge to come and pray The altars are open if you want to come and do that You just kind of slip out of your chair there Slip out of the aisle, the rows there Come down the aisle and meet God at an altar of prayer He wants to help you He wants to divulge His pleasing and perfect will For your life this morning So If you want to come, you can do that. Kids, I'd like to also invite you to come on up. We're going to pray as we dismiss our little ones. And as my wife had said earlier, happy Mother's Day to all of our moms, our grandmothers, our great-grandmothers. We're so grateful for your uh, nurturing and your leadership in all of our lives. The people we are today, we wouldn't be had it not been for our godly mothers. We're grateful for them, grateful for you. And um, if... After the service, all our moms on the way out would pick up a special gift. We have something waiting for you. We wanna make sure that you know that we're appreciative of your contribution to all of our lives. And uh, so please on the way out, grab that gift. We're gonna to go to prayer right now. So if you want to, you may be seated in the congregation. God, thank you so much for these little ones. Thank you for entrusting them to us. Their little lives, their little hearts, their their souls, you've entrusted that to our care. As parents, as a pastor, as a church, you've entrusted these little ones that we might be able to impact them for good. On the level, Lord God, as parents, we want to pray that you would give us wisdom to know how to raise these little ones. Lord, help us to love them as we know we've been told to love these little ones, but Lord, may we not neglect to train them. Might it be something that we would realize about this responsibility we have that you've given to us, that we're to train up these children in the way that they should go so that when they are older, they will not depart from it. That's what your word says. May you give us wisdom and discernment to know how to train up these children. May we stay close to your word as moms and dads that we would never forego the precious scripture as we figure out how we're going to parent these little ones that we would always refer back to your word. As a church, God, for sure as a pastor, our children's leaders and our children's director that we would play that critical role in their lives, that we would be an example to them first and foremost, before we ever entertain the idea of preaching something or teaching something, that we could first live it so that there's power in our testimony. And that's it for Christians across the board, whether it's with our kids or anybody else. Help us, Lord God, to remember that our Christian witness can be the determining factor between somebody listening to the gospel And somebody's saying, I'm not going to listen to that. God, help us as parents, as a church, as a pastor, as leaders, to project the Christian witness for these little ones. Help us to manage our attitudes, our tongues. Help us to get our practices in line with what your word says so when these kids watch our lives, they will be inspired to follow in our footsteps. Bless them, Lord God, by your spirit. As the ushers are coming forward to receive tithes and offerings, we thank you, God, that you provide everything that we need. We might not always have what we want. You know better than we do. We for sure have what we need. We pray that as we're getting ready to dig into our purse or our wallet, maybe our checkbook, whatever, that we would never give because we have to. If that's the basis for our giving, then we ought to just hold on to what we have. God that we would be able to take out whatever it is that you have put on our hearts to give and we would do it out of a heart that loves you a heart that says God I owe you everything how could I ever even begin to worship you with what I have when you've given all accept our gifts as an expression of our love and gratitude for what you've done for all of us Expand it and explode it for the furthering of your kingdom and the glorification of your great name. For we pray all these things in the magnificent name of Jesus. And all of God's people said, amen. Kids, we'll see you later as the lights are coming up and the ushers are coming forward. We're going to go ahead and uh, share some announcements with you. First of all, I want to say to our guests, let's get those there. Thank you, brother. Our guests, we want to say thank you for coming this morning. Welcome into God's house, and uh, and we're glad you're here. And so happy Mother's Day again to all our moms. And uh, so we hope that you're able to enter in, our guests, be able to experience the goodness of God during our time together. We're going to get in the Word here a little bit. Uh, my name is Steve Sanchez. I'm the new pastor here. Been here since January, and so excited to be here in Waco. Our family is is uh, finally starting to kind of get our bearings and things are going well. We're grateful to God for for his kindness, his goodness and grateful to God for all of you. So we want to uh, share next week. is gonna be an exciting time uh, for our church. We're gonna be sharing vision. God has put certain things on my heart uh, to share with the church about the phases of God's vision for uh, the time that we're together during this season of all of our lives here at Waco Community. And uh, so I'm going to share that. And then on the heels of that service, that morning service, we're going to all go into the fellowship hall for potluck time. So that involves everybody here. So if uh, you're new, we want you to come because you need to hear about not only what God is going to do here at our church, but also the time afterward to see how maybe you can get involved. Uh, So we need you to bring something really good. How many guys cook something that you really just, uh, I mean, people talk about how good it is. Anybody like that? what's, make a bowl, you know what, at least a teenager, teenager, right, at least you're willing to say, hey, listen, I I, I could do it, man, a Pop-Tart, right, but here's the deal, is that whatever it is that you cook, because I know we have a lot of shy people, and you don't want to get, you know, pulled out of the crowd, uh, whatever it is that you bring, bring a lot of it, and if all of us will do that, we'll have more than enough to eat, and uh, so we'll spend the afternoon. Uh, talking about, you know, uh, what God's getting ready to, to implement through our different ministry. Our different ministry leaders are going to get up and they're going to talk about their their ministry field. And um, and then uh, a very, very important thing that we're going to be doing uh, during that morning, God bless you. That Now, that's a sneeze. Have you ever met somebody, that when they sneeze, they go, and you're like, you got to let that out, man you got to let it out, you know, you're going to pop your eyeballs out or your brain's going to go into some kind of deal or whatever, let it out, so let it out, sister, God bless you. Um, In any event, uh, our our pastor Brad uh, is just transitioning to the next phase of his ministry, and we're pretty pretty heartbroken, but we're pretty excited uh, at the same time, and uh, next week, we're going to uh, do a send-off. Now, we were obviously the 31st is your last day, so you still have some work to do, buddy, and uh, But no, we, we wanted to do it a, a weekend that the people, most people are going to be here. And I know that a lot of folks are going to be getting away for the Memorial Day weekend. So uh, we're going to have uh, kind of incorporated into our potluck time uh, a time to celebrate the good things that God has done through your ministry and tell you how much we appreciate what God has done through your ministry. It's impacted a lot of people. And the good news is that God is going to continue to impact a lot of people through your ministry, no matter where God moves you. That's what he's going to do. And uh, so that's going to be next week, and uh, you know what we want to do is take up a love offering for our brother next week. So uh, have that in mind. You know whatever God will put in your heart to bless this brother, that's what we want to do because we love you and we want to send you off the right way. And uh, so be thinking about that, praying about that. If you need to fast about it, do that, and uh, then we'll we'll do that. Have a, a cake for you and all that. So it's going to be good. Uh, so that'll be next week. All right. So today's the thirteenth, the twentieth. Now the twenty seventh. Please. Uh, Take out your pencil and write it down. It should be in your bulletin, but you need to write it down. On the 27th, you know what you do? That's added emphasis when you do that. You know, you like, pay attention. Remember the foghorn leghorn? I say, I say, pay attention, son. Remember that? This is something to pay attention about. On the 27th, we're going to start our service, our morning service at 1030, not 1045. And that's going to be moving forward. 1030 service. Sunday mornings. It's going to start on the 27th. So when are we starting that? See, you said it. Now that you said it, you'll remember it. Okay, now, here's where it kind of gets a little kind of hopefully not confusing, but we want to bring, uh, you know, clarity for an announcement like this. The Sunday school, now, I had announced on a staff meeting and also at uh, Wednesday night incorrectly. A board member came to me and said, Pastor, do you remember this? And I'm like, oh, I do remember that. I have a great memory. Sometimes it's just real short. But the deal is that Sunday school is not going to change at all. It's going to stay the same way that it is now. And I know I announced it differently on Wednesday and at the staff meeting. But this one trumps all of the other announcements. All right? So Sunday school will stay the same. So Sunday school will Stay stay the same outstanding. We're on the same page. So 27th, 1030 AM, somebody asked me, why are we changing the service? And I said, well, there's like a magical hour of noon. What happens at noon? People start to get fidgety and convulse and they're, you know, like, oh my goodness, it's noon. What are we doing in church at noon? Past noon, what's going on? And uh, of course, you know, uh, I've been African-American churches and they go to church to like, the the guy finishes, you know, and that could be like at four in the afternoon or whenever, you know, we finish. But I don't know what goes on at noon, man. Some people turn into pumpkins or whatever. So, uh, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna take away from what God has for y'all. Uh, I'm not gonna preach shorter. I'm not gonna do that. So we moved it up 15 minutes. And so be here 15 minutes uh, earlier, ne- uh, the 27th, not next week, 27th. All right, everybody clear? Everybody good? We good? Good. Let's get in the word. How about that? Anybody excited to be in God's house? I for sure am. I, I'm, I'm excited to be with you guys. Uh, I'm glad that God brought us here. And I'm glad that God is going to use all of us together mightily. Do you believe that? God bless you too. Something in the air, boy, I'll tell you. The only thing I would say, if you're going to sneeze like that, just make sure that you cover your mouth, because the guy in front of you, you probably would appreciate that, having already taken a shower, you know, before they came to church. Just saying. How many guys would say amen to that? Amen. And the rest of you weren't paying attention. All right. 1 <laughs> Thessalonians chapter 3. Let's start in uh, verse 6. But now Timothy has just returned. Bringing us good news about your faith and love. He reports that you always remember our visit with joy and that you want to see us as much as we want to see you. So we have been greatly encouraged in the midst of our troubles and sufferings, dear brothers and sisters, because you have remained strong in your faith. It gives us new life to know that you are standing firm in your faith. So the Apostle Paul, needing some encouragement, um, in, a, in a situation that is kind of just not his, 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 probably his highest uh, expectation for his life, you know, doing the right thing. Remember, he's incarcerated, but he's incarcerated for doing the right thing. He is, uh, you're talking about, he's doing the highest work that there is, and that's to be a, a minister of the gospel, to, to spread the message about Jesus everywhere, and he's suffering for it. And so, you know, if you've ever done the right thing and then you didn't get noticed or maybe you even got persecuted, how many guys have ever been persecuted or maligned or damaged for doing the right thing? Anybody? Anybody relate? Okay, all of us, if you've lived on the planet for any amount of time, this possibility that's happened to you. And the temptation if that's ever happened to you is to kind of just get down in the dumps. Now, how many of you guys have ever experienced being down in the dumps? Anybody? Been discouraged? Yeah, sure. And probably the Apostle Paul has been tempted to be discouraged. So, there's something uh, beneficial for the Apostle that Timothy comes and brings good news. Now, let me ask you a question as we're starting to get into the time in the Word together. Is that, if there's ever been a time in your life that you've needed encouragement, what does that look like for your life? If you've ever been a time when you've been down in the dumps, and there was something good that happened that brought you encouragement, Um, What did that look like? In the form of Timothy, here are these people that are not only, you know, talking about this good thing that happened when Paul had been with them, you know, three weeks. We talked about the beginning. Paul had only been with them for three Sabbaths. That's it. And after three Sabbaths, these people found faith. And not only did they find faith, they took off with their faith. You talk about a powerful, powerful three weeks. God did something really amazing in, in Paul's ministry in this particular church. And so not only did they have a good time together, and that not only could he, he could recount all the wonderful memories that they had together, but here's the kicker. For Paul, the benefit that he was able to receive was knowing that these people had taken the teachings and were being faithful to them. We're talking to moms this morning. It's Mother's Day, right? I called my mom uh, before I went to Sunday school, and I wanted to just tell her, hey, thinking about you, wish I could be there in Albuquerque. If we were there, we would go someplace good and and treat you and all that. And so, uh, you know, we sent sent, uh, uh, Mother's Day cards. And by the way, my mom received Debbie's card. My poor wife, she's the best. I love my wife, you know. But we—have you ever switched cards? That so, I just want to let you know, babe. I shouldn't have done it, probably in this venue. I'm sorry. I'll be sleeping on with, the, with the boys tonight. No, not really. But I talked to my mom this morning, and um, and I was thinking about something that happened uh, in our lives while we were growing up. You know that my mom was. She was pretty strict. Anybody have a strict mom? She she didn't let us get away with a whole lot. I mean, you know, she hey, you you know, you better do things right. And now her her methods weren't always conventional. How many guys had parents that didn't didn't do conventional things? Let me tell you a story about my mom. I'm on a roll anyway, right? My sister and I, Evelyn, are about hour about a year apart. I'm oldest. And uh, one time we're in the back of the duster. Before there were seat belts. You guys remember when you didn't wear seat belts, you just stood in the back seat like this? Remember that? You know, it's just kind of like, how you doing? You know, the car's going 50 miles an hour. You're in the back seat standing. Seriously, that's real. How many guys remember those days? Like just no seatbelts. I can remember a time when they, when they said, okay, there's a law now and you have to put on seatbelts. I'm like, seat belts? Why? Do the, the car have seat belts? Where are they? And how many of you guys remember that your seatbelts were in the seat because you never used them? You're like, there are seatbelts in here. That's crazy. There's seat. Hey, there's seatbelts in here. Ah, oh, seatbelts in there. We were just. I mean, so we're in the back seat and we were fighting. We were fighting about something. We were about five and six years old, you know, respectively, and we're fighting. And so we start fighting in there, and my mom's just getting really flustered. Single mom, you know, trying to do it by herself, and she's getting flustered. So she says, all right, kids, when we get home, that's it. And I, we didn't know what that meant. How many of you guys ever heard that? We're like, that's it. That, that, when we get home, and sometimes that meant this, right? How many of you guys ever got that? You got the belt, right? I didn't, we didn't know what it meant. So it, it got kind of quiet back there, and then we started fighting again. And so by the time we got home, she pulls out these boxing gloves, and she says, all right, Evelyn, put on the gloves. We had one set of gloves, so I'm thinking, what's going to happen? Shouldn't I get the gloves? I want you to just cold cock your brother. I want you to punch him as hard as you can right in the gut. And if you don't, I'm going to whoop you.
0: I don't want to hit him. Off. I don't want to hit him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <coughs> don't try this at home, parents. This was in the early 70s. Times have changed. She sucked me right in the stomach. So I caught my breath. And She said, take the gloves off. It's your turn. Put the gloves on, and I start crying. I don't want to. And we had always been taught you don't hit girls, right? So now I can't hit her. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not. So, so she says, okay, that's it. She takes her belt off. She whoops me. So I got a double portion. Now, somebody might say, that's messed up. That's abuse, man. That, your mom's crazy. Let me tell you what. It worked. You can say whatever you want about it, all of that stuff. But I tell you, we didn't come with, 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 uh, with uh, tags. This is, how you, this is how you parent this child. How many of you guys ever wanted something like that, but there was no such thing, right? You do the best you can. Now, my, wife, my mom would say, I didn't do things conventionally at all. And Sometimes if they worked, they might have worked on accident, but they worked. And I'll tell you what, every single one of her kids, I was thinking about as I was talking on the phone with her, all, every single one of her kids are responsible people, people that are moral people, people that love God, people that are, you know, serving the Lord, that, that have a family and that are uh, a contributing person to society. And I started thinking about uh, the encouragement that my mom, would be, she benefit from. And so I'm on the phone and I said, are you aware of the fact that every single one of your children are, are these people? And she just got quiet on the other end, and I said, you did that. I'm grateful for you, you know. I'm grateful for what you've done in my life. Now, many of you guys might have stories, maybe not as crazy as that one. But you have your own stories, and there's something that, you know, when you talk about encouragement, the Apostle Paul's over here needing some encouragement. It's going to come in the form of Timothy from the people that are in Thessalonica, That, hey, listen, they're doing everything that we taught them. Listen, they're taking the teachings and they're allowing God to do something in their lives. As I'm talking to my mother, I start thinking about all of us that will call our moms. Maybe you have the benefit of actually being with them. But maybe you have to call them. Let me say this. It goes a long way to encourage someone. That, you know, my mom this morning didn't have the benefit of coming to church. She has to work. She's 60. Well, okay. She... uh, you, you, man, you should learn not to say how old women are. So I almost messed that one up. I've already messed enough up. My wife's such a good woman, but she, she's going to work today. She's she's a she's still waitressing. She's still a server in a restaurant. She's up for sixties. She needs some encouragement this morning, you know. And I called her, and I and and I was able to just tell her, man, you know what? You made a difference in my life. I wouldn't be the person that I am today if it wasn't for you. But the point what I want to say to you this morning is that there's such a thing as a Timothy in people's lives. And, and Timothy, to be able to travel all the way over there, to go into harm's way and to, and to, and to find out what's going on and to, and to write down a detailed report and to bring it back to Paul because Paul needed it. Do you understand that there's such a thing as a, as a gift of encouragement? Do you understand that God wants to use every single one of us in that vein? And as opposed to what? Discouragement? Discouragement? Has has the enemy ever uh, been allowed in your life to bring discouragement? You know, it's a choice, isn't it? It's a choice to be somebody who's going to be an encourager, you know? Can you find one good thing to talk about the person sitting to your right and to your left? Could you think of a compliment to give them? Wouldn't it be something this morning to say, hey, I really appreciate this about you? In fact, why don't we take a little bit of time and the person on your right and person on your left, tell them one thing that you appreciate about them real quick. Do it. Humor me. Now, let me just say this. As you guys are doing that, it, it, it blesses my heart to hear some giggles. And you're still doing it. Praise God. All right, the time for that's over. All right, anyway... Well, I tell you what, you know what I love about it is that it's something that it, it blesses somebody and it brings, it brings a different kind of a spirit in, into, the, into the, the sanctuary, you know. To, even a total stranger, you could say, hey, listen, I, I like the way that you did your hair, you know. Uh, that's a nice shirt you're wearing. You know, I, I, it could be anything. But doesn't it take intentionality to do something like that? You know, you have to be intentional to encourage someone. Timothy didn't just, I mean, he did not come up with something just randomly. He had, to, he had to actually make a trip. He took off to Thessalonica. He spent some time with them. He sat down with them. He wrote things down, maybe mentally, maybe, maybe wrote them down. Regardless, he was there, and it was intentional. And I think sometimes if we're talking about our circumstances, situations, our relationships, how many of us have ever realized about our relationships that, man, they're kind of just flatlined? In some cases, we're even going through hard times and rocky things. Let me say that there's an opportunity for every person in this room to bring light to a place where maybe it's kind of dark or it's kind of dim. God wants to use you. And it's as easy as thinking about what, what could I do to encourage someone else. Have you ever needed encouragement and you thought, okay, well, God would send somebody to encourage me. You know, you ever been there where you want God to send somebody to encourage you? Is it hot in here? Is it just me? Welcome to Texas in the summer. We're not even in summer yet. That's what you guys keep saying too, boy. I tell you what. The good news about this is that I'm going to lose weight, so that not, you know that's, that'll work. You need encouragement, man. You say, man, I wish God would send somebody to encourage me, and God says, you know what? Why don't you go encourage someone? Timothy might have been going through his own things. I mean, do you think he was facing persecution in his own right? Have you ever seen somebody that needed encouragement? God uses you to go encourage them, and as you're encouraging them, God's encouraging you through that encouragement? Is there something that happens when you give something away? God says, cool, you're going to give it away for my my purposes and for this person's benefit. Guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to give you some of what I got. Somebody said, well, I can't even dig deep to do that. Yes, you can. You can. God's power, God's strength, you can. And it's amazing. When you step out and you say, I don't have any encouragement to give, God's saying, no, 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 no. You do. You got to dig. So dig. And when you dig and you are proactive, like Timothy had to be proactive to go, he had to go in and assert himself, and he had to take initiative, then when he steps forward, guess what God does? He put something right there for Timothy that maybe Timothy didn't even have. And I'm going to tell you something that God does this all the time with us. It's called faith. If you have this much faith, right, the Bible talks about mustard seed faith. We talked a little bit about this on um, Wednesday night. But let's say, for instance, you have about that much faith, right? You have a little bit of faith. We're talking about encouragement as our specific uh, topic, but that's how much you have. And faith is something that you're going to need God to accomplish. It's not something you can do in your own strength. That's why it's called faith. But if that's how much you have, and God's saying, hey, listen, this is what I want from you. Have you ever noticed about God that he says, this is how much I want? And you're like, well, wait a minute, all I have is this much. That's all I have, right? You ever been there? You're thinking, there's no way I can do it. But that's how much he's asking for. So now it's going to require that you trust God for the amount that you don't have, right? And you're going to step out. I can't encourage somebody right now. I'm having a hard time. God's saying, hey, no, no, trust me. That's where the faith kicks in. So now I'm going to go, I'm going to make the phone call. I'm going to meet with the person at Starbucks. I'm going to initiate this kind of a meeting because I have in my heart to encourage this individual. I have to do it. I have to shoot the text. I have to instant message this person. I don't feel like it, but Lord, I'm going to trust you. This person came to my mind's eye, not by accident. I believe you did that. And so because you did that, I'm going to trust you. So there you are, start typing the thing, right? I don't know what this means. Is this how they type? The teenagers, you guys are like 1,000 miles an hour, smoke coming off the keys. Let me show you how I text. My wife's like, her eye's twitching, you know. If you can't see my eyes, it's like, oh, my goodness, you're, you're killing me, dude, you know. But there you are, you're texting And all of a sudden, as you text, you start to realize God is doing something in me. As I'm trying to do something for him, for somebody else, God is doing something in me. How many guys would say this morning, I want God something to do in me? I I want him to do something in me. How many guys would say that? If you're going to do something for God, he wants to do something for you. He's expecting that where we can't right? In our weakness, he's made strong, right? In our, where we're unable to, according to 2 Corinthians, where we're unable to, he is able to. And as he beckons us, we come with our mustard seed faith, and we step forward with that faith. Here's what happens. He meets us, and this is what happens with our faith, or with our encouragement, or with our joy, our power, our strength, or whatever it is. Here we go. You ready? Boom. Boom. And we're like, whoa, what, what is this? I'm walking on water? What? <laughs> that which was impossible becomes possible. And you thought, I can't encourage someone because I'm, I'm not encouraged myself. And God's saying, yes, you can. And if you'll trust me, through that extension of faith, I will encourage you. And I don't know how many times that I've left a Starbucks with somebody, I I had my own trip going on, my my own deal going on, where I needed encouraging myself. But you know, you're a Christian, you're a pastor, and you have to encourage people. That's your job. Go over there, and I'm I'm, I'm sitting there, and, and you're sharing with them, and you're pouring yourself out, and you don't think you have any reserves yourself, but as you do it, man, God replenishes you. And God begins to grow you, and all of a sudden, then when you say in Jesus' name, Amen, we'll see you next week. And you're walking out that Starbucks, you're realizing I'm encouraged. I love this about Timothy. Timothy's the kind of guy that lives for the Lord, but he he lives to be a blessing to to Paul. Here's the next question that I have for you this morning: Are you living to receive blessings, or are you living to be a blessing? I, I don't don't give me the churchy answer. What does your life bleed? Do you do you hemorrhage so that somebody else can be uh, blessed, so somebody can be encouraged? Do we go out of our way so that somebody else can benefit? I mean, what what does our life bleed? I mean, we understand what this means for our kids, right? How many of you guys sacrifice for your kids? You know what that means, right? We, I mean, moms 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 probably bleed for the kids more than any any. I mean. Moms, our moms. Let's take it to a spiritual level. And let's talk about what it means to hemorrhage for someone, to be a blessing for someone, even at our own sacrifice. You ever thought about what it means for your time? You know, as a, as a pastor, there are times where I, I, I won't see somebody come to church for a while. And, and I'm thinking, well, I wonder what's going on with them, you know. Uh, you might shoot them a text or call them to see what's going on. Maybe visit them, see what's happening. And you tell them something like this: you say, "Man, we've been missing you." And they almost take it like you're you're judging them or something. You ever you ever encountered that? You go to somebody at church and you tell them you missed them, and they kind almost you, you kind of get this vibe from them that you like you're judging them. You ever felt that? Is it possible that we actually miss? you? Like, like, we really mean what we say? Is it possible? Well, I mean, would you rather have somebody say to you, we didn't even know you were gone. <laughs> we missed you. Like, for a pastor's heart, it actually is a is an encouragement when I see people come to church. Like, Man, it's good to see your faces, Sprosses. It's good to you're an encouragement. Your presence is an encouragement to me. I'm glad you're here. When I see Boris, you know Boris could run for like mayor and stuff. Like, you know, we got the mayor here. It blesses me. Not not even the fact that he smells good. I can smell. He smells good. Have you ever wondered why I like to preach on this side of the sanctuary, you know what I mean? I just may rub off on me, you know? He, you bless me. I could go on on all of your faces. Your faces bless a pastor. Now, you know what's the highest blessing for sure is that you take the teachings and you go live them. You go and, and practice what you receive, Right? I mean, that, that is, a, that is a, a blessing beyond measure. And when we talk about being a, a blessing then, we're talking about that, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be proactive to be a blessing to my pastor. Yeah, there you go. I, I, it's on, it's recording. I said it. Wouldn't it be something if the people of the church said, I want to bless our pastor. I, I want to be here every time the doors are open. Not only do I want to be every time the doors are open, I actually want to serve in some kind of ministry capacity because it will make his low lighter. We had in one church where there was a, you know, the, the ministry of the, the nursery is a difficult one to fill. You guys ever realize that, the nursery of the little ones? In some churches, they pay people to do that. They can't find people in the church, and they had to pay people to go do that. Well, we were having problems because we couldn't, we, couldn't you know, we couldn't get people to, to be in the, in the nursery. And so I'm over here trying to carry this burden, you know, because I, I love these little ones and I love the parents of those little ones and I want them to be in service. In a lot of cases, these, these brand new families, they don't, they don't know Jesus and they need to mature in their faith. And so a lot of them won't even come to church. You know why? Because when they drop their kids off, it's overpopulated and we don't have enough workers. Now, the pastor's trying to put us under a guilt trip. I'm telling you the burden that I carry. The apostle Paul was a pastor to a lot of people. Sometimes I'm like, Lord, would you send some Timothys? Some Timothys that don't, you know, have to be recognized, that have to be patted on the back and prodded and supervised and and encouraged to please, would you do do something? Please, I'm begging you. But people that are just like, you know what? what? What do you need me to do? I'll do whatever. I don't, I don't care what it is. If you want me to mop a floor, I'll mop a floor. If you want me to plunge a toilet, that's what I'll do. I don't care. And never recognize me. I don't want to be recognized. Because I do it for the Lord. I don't do it for any, any recognition. Sometimes pastors are looking for people like that. Because you know what? I believe that all of us ought to have a servant heart, right? Don't you, I mean, right? That's an encouragement to a pastor. saying, Lord, would you send some Timothys? So we had this, this 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 hard time trying to fill this ministry for the little ones. And so I had this idea. I said, okay, we, we've set clipboards. We've had potlucks and we've had sign-up sheets and campaigns and we've communicated ad nauseum. Hadn't had anybody sign up for this. So one morning, the, the worship pastor and myself, we were gonna work the... The nursery for that service. Where's the pastor? Where's, where's the music pastor? Where's the worship guy? Where is he? Oh, they're in the nursery. Why in the nursery? Oh. <laughs> Whoops. Somebody say, well, that's, that's kind of a smart aleck thing to do. I, I, sometimes you're like, well, how do you communicate these things? You know what I mean? Because the Christians are supposed to be servants. I get the impression of a Timothy there. He's kind of like, you know what? I'll do whatever, Paul. You want me to go to Thessalonica? D- done. You don't, I, what, what do you need? I'll, I'll do it. Do you understand about encouragement? Some Encouragement is selflessness. You might want to write that one down. You cannot be an encourager if you're the ones trying to sop up all the encouragement. You can't be a blessing giver if you're a blessing hog. Selflessness is everything when we talk about being a servant. If I'm going to be a Timothy, how many of you guys would say, I want to be a Timothy. That's what I want to be in people's lives. Anybody like that at all? There's going to have to be some... some Repentance. There's gonna have to be some getting in front of the Lord and saying, God, you know what? I've 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 taken the blessings and I've expended them on myself. And God, I'm sorry for being like that. I, I, I need to be expended for your purposes. When I read this passage, I'm telling you the thing that stands out most to me this morning is that Timothy was somebody that was available. To be a blessing. He was willing to be an encouragement. You ever been around somebody who is discouraging? I used to be that guy. With my mouth. I could cut anything in half. Before I was a believer. You had something good happen in your life. I'd find a way to tear it down. Cut it in half. Find the negative in it. We used to call it joking. We used to call it, you know, just bagging on each other. Anybody familiar with that at all? They call it sometimes even sarcasm. At Walmart the other day, I saw a shirt that said, sarcasm is my best gift or, you know, my claim to fame, something of that vein, something of that nature. And I thought, man, There was a time in my life when I would have loved to have worn a shirt like that. I would have worn it proudly like, yeah, that's right. We can use our tongue. We can use our our attitude. We can use our, um, our countenance to be a discouragement. In a service, there are times where you can preach something. Somebody has a face like. Or they're sitting there like this. Or maybe like this. Or even like this. How about this one? These are things that can be discouragements. And you don't think they're a big deal. In the same service, I've I seen people that are like, they're highlighting the Bible. They're right, taking notes. They got to look on their face like they're paying attention. They're smiling. They're, they're intent on, I mean, and so all that's happening in the dynamic of one service discouragement and encouragement, and you're you're not even aware that whatever it is that you're doing can be one or the other. There's a guy named Alden Forbaugh. He used to have at the Roswell Church, and he would sit in this aisle over here. He'd sit right on the aisle, and when he would hear something good, he'd go like this. In the service, he'd be like, yes. like That's what I'm talking about. Yes. And then in this aisle, there was another brother. I won't say his name and he's reading a magazine. You know what I would do? I wouldn't even look at the person reading the magazine because I'm trying, to, I'm trying to get everything that God wants for me to speak to the people. And that's the kind of discouragement that would take my mind off of everything that I need to have for you guys. And I remember I focus on people. And I to, I've told people, and even in this church, I've told you, your face is a source of strength for me. And you know why? Because during the time that I'm preaching and I'm watching and I'm engaging and locking eyes with certain folks, I know where they are spiritually. They are on board. They want God to move. They want him to work. And there's some folks I don't make eye contact with. I just don't. I can't. I need the encouragement. I need, I need in that moment, I need to build on whatever it is that God has for you for me in that moment. You think I'm not even doing anything. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. You're doing one or the other. And, and, and I'll be honest with you that it's, it's that simple. It's that easy. It's that little. And you might think it's inconsequential. These are little practical things that you can do. In your home, in your home, do you find yourself more like this? The words that you speak the ways that you talk to your wife, your, your husband, your kids, are they things that build them up or knock them down? And you know what? You know, this is, this is going to step on some toes uh, this morning. But even with our sarcasm, we, we kind of put it under the auspice of joking, so that must render it innocent and not harmful. But that's a bunch of baloney, guys. Listen, that if you're somebody that has a sharp tongue and the way that you interact at your house is that you're constantly cutting on each other, Your kids are watching that, and you're growing jaded children. The Bible says this, Let your gentleness be evident to all, for the Lord is near. That The kinds of things that we speak, they ought to be something that will give life to people. And if they don't give life to people, then shut up. Your kids are watching this, and there's a lot at stake. We, 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 get so, we get so entrenched in this kind of uh, existence that we don't know, even know how to get out of it. And you, that might be you this morning. You might be thinking, you know what, man, I don't know that there's an ounce of gentleness in me. And when I'm having interaction with people, it's always this coarse joking, this harsh joking, kind of just cutting people off at the knees. I don't know how to exist any other way. This is where God's grace comes in and teaches you. He can help you. Speak life. Give, give compliments. Find a way to, to, you know, hey, listen, I like your shoes, man. Those are sweet. Where'd you get those? I'm serious. <laughs> <laughs> those are sweet, bro. I like those. Yeah. It was true. I mean, I like them. You know what I mean? <laughs> we have, the, we, we kind of go back, even all the way back in Oregon, we would always, man, nice, those are sweet shoes. That and like smells. Like, you know, like, not bad smells, good smells. Like, man, what's that cologne, you know? Men can actually, like, we're kind of a little bit different than the women, just on a side note, you know? Men can be like, uh, it'd be like, that smells good, man, what are you wearing, you know? Women are a little bit different. Women will be like, oh, that smells good. My wife will walk up to total strangers and smell their neck and be like, man, what, is, what, color, what uh, perfume is that? Oh, my goodness, oh, that's great. You know, she does that. Women do that kind of stuff, but men, you know, hey. Nice shoes. You smell nice. You know, you got a great family. I mean, there are things that you can say, you know, to your kids, to your spouse, to people you go to church with. Build them up. Every single one of us can be used by the Lord if we'll choose it, if we'll allow it. I believe that, ooh, uh uh-oh. How many of you guys have reservations for Mother's Day? We do too. Jesus said about the tongue, we better, we better get control of it. Because for every single careless word that we speak, we will be judged for those words. And you think about that. I mean, you start to do an inventory in your mind right now, and you think about how much you use your tongue for that doesn't build somebody up to build the kingdom to promote God. And if you can't qualify with any of those three, you probably not, just be quiet. Could you imagine how quiet it would be? And maybe it wouldn't be quiet at all if we were actually fulfilling the purpose of God because the only thing we'd be speaking would be life. Maybe we're terrified of the idea that, you know what, I wouldn't have anything to say. No, you know what, God will give you plenty to say. And the problem is that we don't have control of this, 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 this tongue. We don't have control of it. It has control of us. And it's time to actually say, you know what, Lord, I'm going to use my tongue for your glory. Jesus said about the tongue, he says, let your yes be yes and your no be no and everything else. It comes from the devil. Yes, yes, no, no. You know what it means? Mean what you say. Say what you mean. Don't tap dance around stuff and all this stuff where people are all confused. Use your tongue for God's glory. People know that guy loves God. That guy loves his wife. That guy loves his kids. Why? Because that's what he talks about. Never a discouraging word. That's The kind of thing that even when you have to hold somebody accountable, they know exactly where you're coming from. You're not trying to dog them. You're trying to build them up. Timothy was one of these guys for Paul. God wants Timothy's across the board to bring a positive report. Anybody can bring a negative report. It doesn't take any talent or gift to do that. It takes the power of the Holy Spirit to bring life. God wants to use all of us that way this Mother's Day. As the worship team is coming up, And we're going to get ready to go to prayer. Listen, there's going to be some folks straight up. Listen, there's going to be some people straight up that you need to come to an altar to pray. That God would help you to be a blessing. To give you the gift of encouragement. There's some of you that maybe you need encouraging yourself. And God God can do that this morning. Don't just sit in your chair if you're somebody like that. If you can say this morning, listen, God is using me as a Timothy to the utmost, to the nines that I, there's not any kind of improvement that I need in terms of encouraging, then you can stay in your seat. But if, if, if you feel that nudge in your back, that you, man, God needs to do something in me, I want him to change what's going on in my life, the way that I'm living with my family, at work, at school. I want him to use me in this particular topic of encouragement. God wants to do it, but you got to let him. And we're talking about being proactive. You're saying, hey, listen, Pastor, you're talking about being proactive and taking out the phone and maybe texting somebody, calling somebody, going to their house. Timothy went to Thessalonica, came back. Maybe the first step for you is actually coming up. Maybe that proactive thing that we're talking about to give you the courage to start to do these things, it starts here and now. I don't know who you are, but as the musicians begin to play, we're going to bring the lights down. And there's gonna be an opportunity for you to pray. I want you to take that opportunity if you feel like God is speaking to you about these things. This word of encouragement this morning is something that you know what? We need it in our lives. The world needs encouragement, don't you think? Don't y'all think that the world needs some encouraging? God wants to start with us. It's gonna start with you. it's gonna start with his church. I'd like us all to stand as that is this song, and it's gonna be a lot easier for us to slip out and come to prayer. I believe that there's some people in this room this morning. You need to come if you're honest this morning. There's there's some things about your life, man. You know what? Sometimes I just feel like either I'm discouraged or I bring discouragement, and I and I I need God's help. I need His Spirit.
2: May Grace how sweet the sound say. Taught my heart to fear. Grace, my fears, really. How precious did. Set free, my God, my Savior, his ransom.
1: morning for your Holy Spirit who has invaded this place and come into our, our hearts and been able to speak to us plainly in a way that we can understand that the, the the person who's never been in church, who has never cracked open a Bible, that you're able to plainly write on our conscience. And this morning, for the person who has needed encouragement or has needed to be an encouragement, uh, this morning, we just ask that you're... Your your good word that has gone forth would propel us to go and practice these things that we've heard. The Thessalonians were people, Timothy had brought this report that were practicing the good teachings that they had received. May we be those same people. May we be like this same Timothy who brought a good report, who could come and be an encouragement to his brother. May we be those people, and we'll give you all the praise. For we pray these things in the strongest name that's ever been uttered. That's Jesus and all of God's people said, amen. If we can get those lights to come up, I want to give you one last announcement. Moms, happy Mother's Day. On the way out, please receive your, your, your flower. We have a flower for each of our moms, and receive that as a token of our gratitude for your leadership in our lives. God bless all of you. Have a great rest of your day and we'll see you all again this coming week. God bless you. You're dismissed.